Hello, welcome to Simply Syndicated Gaming News. It's, I feel like it's been ages, but it hasn't. It's been a week. Yeah, and also we have to warn people up front, uh, we're going to be like 33% less funny because Mike isn't here. So the show will be half an hour shorter? Yeah. As, as I've That's observed it. it is when one so, of So you know, ups and downs. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've lots to get on with. Uh, this week, I, the, the interesting challenge is that this week it has been CES. And, right. And and a couple of things came out that should be mentioned that are somewhat PC hardware related. And yeah, I, and unfortunately, you're doing this podcast with the one who just yeah. goes, "Yep, sure, okay, we're about PC things." Well, I, here's what I think, right? And I, I'm accepting this challenge both as somebody who wants to have a decent conversation with you and someone who wants to be like a good broadcaster. I need to communicate this information in a way that is interesting to you and that makes sense and so you can go oh instead of just yeah and so that's the challenge it's not on you it's on me i need to okay it's my communication that needs to make it interesting and remotely exciting at all but we'll get on to that later because there's lots of other stuff happening as well (laughs) um so story number one in the uk uh we've basically come across a lot of uk gaming retail information over the last couple of weeks because well it's the Mm -hmm. it was the end of the year turns out we as the british are one of the biggest gaming markets on the planet and we spend more money on gaming than we do on every other form of entertainment combined i would say i'm not surprised at that news because we are desperate to escape the reality of living in Britain in 2018 <laughs> slash 2019. Yeah. So anything that will do, anything will do. Britons are fatter, drunker, you know, have more things, more games, more films, more Netflix, more YouTube, because we just don't want to hear about Brexit anymore. So anything to get away from it. The old West was a better it. place and easier to escape to yeah. than, than modern day Britain. Yeah, I'll go with it. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean <laughs> But we... seriously, I think it's just because I think uh, I think the main thing as well is um that games are much more socially acceptable to play as a 20 something, 30 something, 40 something now and beyond. Yeah. And those are the people that have the money to spend on those games. And so this is like the first the people who are our age, so 30s and and up, um uh, are the sort of the first generation who grew up with games. Yeah. So the people who've continued that hobby as adults now have the money they never had before to spend on those games. So that's why it's so popular, I think, for me. It, that makes sense to me as an explanation. We, we, You're absolutely right. We're the first generation that grew up with this stuff. So it's it carries forward into adulthood. The The significant part of all this stuff that, that sort of come out is that of the 300... It's three hundred billion. That's ridiculous. Three point eight six billion pounds. Still a that, lot of money. Still, yeah, I could do with that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's, that's not to be sniffed at. That's what we spent on games in twenty eighteen in this country. Seven hundred and seventy million of that uh, came from physical game sales. So the the significance of this that they're they're trying to point out is: look at all this money digital game sales made. Um, mm. far more than physical games. The tr- the problem I have with that figure is that that digital game sales doesn't just include digital games. That includes DLC. 
That includes uh, FIFA points and GTA shark cards and Fortnite skins and... Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a lot of it. And this is all stuff that is not available physically. Mm. So, you know, there's that. But also, it's not a game. A Fortnite skin is not a game. Um it's an appendage to a game. <coughs> um, yeah. I, I think as well that the how easy it now is to get digital media. I mean, because, you know, even a few years ago, you were really hamstrung by how fast is my internet connection? Absolutely. Am I going to get this within a week? Um, but now for the internet is generally, much, unless you live somewhere very rural in the UK, um, generally your your broadband speed is going to be enough to cope with a digital download and you know hand on your heart how much have you spent in your life with when you preface it with it only costs a fiver because for me it's got to be (laughs) in the tens of thousands because i I think that when you're if you're sitting in front of your xbox or your playstation or your pc and you're just browsing through and then you see something it costs three quid i'll give that a go yeah I think it does not prey prey on is wrong because it is delivering the service that people want but i think it does uh jump into like that sort of instant thing of like now because we've got instant netflix instant amazon prime it 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 kind of attaches that thing to you of like you know you're just looking for something to do and you see something you think it costs under five quid i'll give it a try so yeah. it kind of that that kind of sweets at the checkout thing it, it sort of Absolutely. attaches itself to that lizard part of your brain and i i think things like xbox live not xbox live xbox game pass sorry feed into yeah. that as well that's you have all these games now kind yes. of thing um and that 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 does feed into it um and you're right about the, the internet connection as well it, it doesn't feel that long ago where the idea of downloading a big game would have been horrifying to me oh god uh, i mean now... it doesn't seem that long ago that i do remember i mean the first thing i remember having to wait ages for i mean this is still in the dial-up days the trailer for the first Spider-Man film, the first Tom McGuire <laughs> Spider-Man film. So this was pre-9-11 because he had that trailer that they then banned that had the, yep. him doing the web between the Twin Towers. I remember me and my brother sitting at our computer waiting for that trailer to download and it took about 45 minutes. Yeah, I, I remember doing the same thing with the Star Wars Episode 1 trailer. Mm. And in fact, the Star Wars Episode 2 trailer as well. Yeah. Still yeah. didn't have broadband then. No. Broadband is a pretty, I mean, still even a, a recent innovation, I think, for, for, I mean, it feels recent to me anyway, like in the last decade. I mean, I still sort of, it, I think it's improved even from a few years ago. Because when I first got the Xbox and it came with the code for uh, Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Unity, it took me in increments three days to download 50 gigs worth of Black Flag. Yeah. And that was four years ago. It has uh, definitely no. improved, I think. It has, um, yeah. Yeah, and I could, I could recount similar stories myself. Uh, and now, especially with uh, the PC and doing lots of Steam gaming, mm. <coughs> you just don't think twice about it. Oh, this one's 45 gigs. Yeah, well, I'll just set it going. It'll be done in a couple of hours. I'll just, yeah, exactly. I'll just, you know, I'll just go have a couple of games of Smash and then come back and it's done. Um, done, yeah. It's just not a problem. So, yeah, I think we're definitely okay with it. Um, I still fear the change of digital games so much. I know, I, but I think that I think there is really a lot. I think that the the not the backlash against digital, but I think there is still a big market for physical objects. I mean, look at just taking a step 
sort of sideways, the massive increase in the sales of vinyl and cassettes and things like that. So you have the download for walking around and you have the physical thing for home. Yeah. And, you know, there's still plenty of physical sales happening and there's lots of companies that are looking at that niche and saying, yep, people still want physical things. We are a company that will give you a physical thing of that game that you like. So I don't think it's entirely going away, but you get, you kind of can't compete with the convenience of, Oh, I just watched a YouTube, you know, a YouTuber play that game. I can buy that game right now and play it in half an hour. Yeah. And that will only get better as well as we go forward. I mean, the the important thing is to remember, I suppose they're saying 770 million pounds spent on physical games. They aren't yep. walking away from that yet. You know, they they aren't going, well, we don't really need that seven hundred and seventy million pounds. We'll we'll leave that and just sell digital games, it'll be fine. They're not walking away from that anytime soon, so it it's all right. And I'll get over physical games by the time we uh, make the switch. That'll be fine. I think. Hopefully. <clears throat> there were lots of other little nuggets. I think we're also gonna be told digital game sales very soon. Uh, yeah, that seems the, weird. The sales that it's, charts. I think they've got two. I mean, like when they finally cracked and included iTunes downloads in the the things for number one and singles. Now, that's and things all like it that. is now, isn't it? Um, yeah, pretty much. Well, who yeah. who buys physical singles really anymore? I mean, you know, I, I can understand know albums. Can, can you? Where would you I don't go? even know if you can. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where you'd go. Asda, Sainsbury's, a supermarket—they're the only places, uh, barring Amazon, I think. So, yeah. And I'm not upset about not owning my music anymore or my movie collection, I think. No, I mean, I do, I mean, I, I mean, cause I'm someone who buys vinyl. So, but I do the, the sort of the coat, you know, the sort of the dual existence of things. If I stream it or download it for walking around the streets and then I'm up at home, I've got my actual physical album. So I kind of live in both worlds in terms of music and I'm still a bit 50, 50 on games. Um, I think because it's the price factor, if I'm looking at it online, I mean, look at Fallout 76, for instance, or I mean, well, I mean a game yeah. I actually own. Right. So look at looking at Hitman. It was actually cheaper for me to have the physical copy than buy it on. Oh, it, online. it, it so often is. It's so, so often that's is. that's kind of the, the juggling act you do. I try not to be. I mean, I really try not to be too precious about it. Like, um. Uh, I mean, if it's a series I'm really into, so Hitman and, and Assassin's Creed and things like that, I like to have the physical things on the on the shelf. But if it's something I'm not very like, I enjoyed the game, but I'm not like, oh, I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, I'm fine with just having it digitally. So it's a kind of a I'm kind of living in both worlds at the moment. I think with it, I, I think most people are at this point, um, and especially now we're in a we're living in a place where there are some games you can't get physically. Yeah. Or or to do so is difficult, a la limited run games or super mm-hmm. rare games or whatever. Uh, so you just kind of get on with it or you're not going to play those games. Um, and I think for some of them, and I hate saying this, but the price of making some games physical pushes them into the not worth it. Yeah. You know, um, especially some of the indie games that I've played. You, as I've said before, you sit playing this 40 quid limited run games cartridge thinking, this is a brilliant eight quid game. You know, if I'd paid eight quid for this, I'd be well pleased for it. But I didn't. I paid 40 and I waited three months for it. And, yeah, I think that it's ah. it's so it's such a that is such a crapshoot as well. Because I think the way that not to sort of criticize these, but I think the way the the way that you were doing it is like, that seems cool. I will buy it because I've never played a minute of it. But I think 
with limiting run games are sort of aiming at people who like I absolutely love 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 um Binding of Isaac that's a massive indie cult hit and yeah. people would like a physical thing of that game because they're totally in love with it I mean I don't know if I would ever buy anything from them blind I would have to be in love with that game yeah. to want to have a physical object of it and I, and I, th- I would argue that is the best way to do it because you can't buy all of them i think even if no, you e- can't buy all the games even if you were rich even if you had just had infinite money it's still arguably a waste of it you know because nobody likes all of those games i i don't care what anyone says nobody likes all of those games that they put no. out because they're all too different we, we you know you can't so yeah it's it, get they're nice if there's a game that means something to you yeah and, and unfortunately I haven't had that experience with an indie game. Um, no. I mean, that's that's the problem. I think as well, when you come at these games, if you haven't got in on the ground floor, I think, yeah, um, and you haven't been with like the whole journey of it going through alpha and now it's a proper game and everyone loves it now, or um, you played it at a certain time in your life and it means a lot to you because of that, it's diff- I mean, it's difficult to get invested in the way that some other people invested and i think in some ways you can feel guilty because you don't love it as much as some of the other people who are yes absolutely rhapsodic about it are um but you know um that that game is a very broad church yeah that guilt was part of it you know there was Mm. there was always an element of oh but everyone says this is the game that changed their life and i think it's a bit crap Ah, yeah what, what am i supposed to do with that and then again, you realise, yeah, if I'd paid eight quid for it, it wouldn't be so yeah. annoying. But way off there, weren't we? Sorry, I got totally did right. Anyway, so next thing we put on the list. Uh, game analyst predicts Switch Pro and Switch Lite revisions for 2019. Here we go again. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm, I'm, again, it's one of those things of I'm kind of shocked they've waited this long to put out another, some more things <laughs> yeah. in the Switch family. Considering how well it sold... Um, I would have thought they would have jumped at the chance to say, you know, all you people who bought it on the first run, here's an even shinier one you can buy. Or people who didn't get in on it, now's your chance. Here's this shinier, faster version of the thing you've been um, in and ahhing about for two years or whatever. My personal prediction is that when, not if, but when they bring out a new model of Switch, and I, I truly think they're going to, Mm-hmm. It will be a smaller one. I, I, yeah. I don't think there's going to be a air quote Switch Pro. I, I really don't because everything else aside, we know they run on NVIDIA Tegra processors, right? Okay. And we know there isn't a new one. Right. So, so there's nothing they could conceivably yeah. do to make it quicker. Yeah. Um, only thing I would counterpoint is that Nintendo kind of has previous for here's the thing. Now here's a bigger version of the thing like the ds right yeah so i mean but problem is if you go much bigger than a switch you're essentially looking at an ipad exactly so or you know it's like the bloody the wii u tablet thing yeah so they're kind of limited they are, by they going are bigger yeah but on the other hand they've got a 3ds that needs replacing they have so they need something between a 3ds xl and a switch I uh, well, I think, I I think forget the 3ds. That's that's got to go but at some point. It, it yeah, but I just feel like it's it's selling far too well for them to say forget it, aren't they? I mean, that's what this. I mean, because 
that we talked about this last year that they were they were making plans to fuck it off and then it just people just kept buying them and buying games they're like well we can't at this point we just throw money away if we tell the people that it's done with aren't they to a certain extent Hmm. to it yes to a certain extent but i think it it really boils down to how cheaply can they make a smaller switch can they genuinely get it to replace at the same price point that 3ds and that will be a major factor in it because i think if if people are prepared to pay 179 pounds for a 3ds they'll be prepared to pay 179 pounds for a switch light or whatever they call it um and especially if it runs existing games, which it would it would mm. have to, I suppose. Um, otherwise, what's the point of it? Mm. Uh, so I, I, I do see it happening, and I kind of want one. <laughs> right. I'll be honest. I already want one. This idea that there would be a slightly smaller switch, no detachable Joy Cons, and just yeah. Yeah, I can. So, like, like just a solid lump. Yeah. So, like, sort of an interstitial space between a 3DS XL and a Switch, but then maybe with some, make it more basic almost. So, like, sort of a DSi idea, so that it's sort of one physical lump, and you know, you can only do, you know, you can't put it in the TV and that sort of thing. It's just a, a handheld thing. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe they come in a variety of bright colors and things like that and like mm-hmm. nintendo do ever so well you know they'll you'll bring out one and you'll love it and then they'll do one in a slightly different shade of gray and you'll sit looking at it thinking shit i should have got that one even, <laughs> even though it's technically identical to mine in every way except the color of the plastic Damn like malibu stacy with a hat yes that's, exactly that's what they're doing <laughs> they know what they're doing and they are ever so good at that because every time they do a new three two uh, ds xl we talk about it on this show and we all sit there and go, but I want that one now. And... Yeah, just cooing over it. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like in, in Nintendo HQ, you know, the one that's in a hollowed out volcano and they're going, um, you know, um, you know, sir, sales are falling. What do we do? Have we tried sticking a Pikachu sticker on it? Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It works perfectly every time. Yeah. I'd, I'd get upset with them if we didn't keep buying them. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's We're doing it to problem. ourselves. Yeah. It's not their fault. I'd do it if I were them. Um, well, of course. I mean, you know, it's people. I think will want. I mean, as, if you're gonna, as well as is if, if you price it between the price of a of a 3ds and a Switch. If you're and like you say, it's a, a solid lump. You can carry it round. It doesn't have detachable Joy Cons, and you can't dock it. Um, you're going to appeal to the people who've been prevaricating on a Switch and don't own a DS. Yeah. So you're put, positioning yourself right for those people who are like A or B, haven't made a decision, and like here's a thing that does all of those things. Yeah. It also puts you closer in sort of Christmas birthday present territory for more yeah. people. I think, you know, God, I, I would ideally I would love us to live in a country where giving somebody a switch for their birthday isn't a big deal. Uh, but unfortunately... 280 quid on a birthday present for someone is a big fucking deal i mean it is i mean and if you do get it that's from everybody and you're not getting anything else yeah that's it's that level yeah whereas 179 is less so yeah i mean that's your parents possibly your auntie and you can still get something off the other bits of other members of your family your granny will still give you something yeah so you you might get the console and someone else is going to get you a game to go in that console 
Um, and that just, I mean, it's not perfect yet, but it just edges them into some more sales. And then we can get into the whole, does that count as switch sales? Or is that a different thing? Or is that a different thing? I mean, I would be interested <laughs> if, if a thing, if this theoretical thing ever did exist, would it, would they go the whole hog and say, right, the 3DS is now done. It's this, and that will play your 3DS games. What, like, so the the switch the Switch Mini would play 3DS games your as well, three, but not in 3D, like like the 2DS does. Hmm. But if you're trying to then get rid of, if you're saying that you know the ultimate aim is to get rid of a 3DS or 2DS, then would this replace it? But then they kind of sugar the pill by um, saying you can play your 2DS games on this as well. I don't think so. Um, no, they just go, you know, lump it or yeah, um, yeah, be- okay. Because I think we're we're into the and and only Nintendo are going to suffer from this, um, mm. and it's going to get worse going forward a little bit. Uh, they they make consoles that are dependent on their weird form factor, right? Um, and the 3DS is one of those. There's nothing. It's the split screen, bottom screen's a touch screen thing. And I don't know how you'd easily replicate that experience on a single-screened Switch Lite. Right, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, In the same way that, you know, it's going to be difficult porting Wii games onto future consoles because they're going to have to have some form of motion motion control. control. Mm. And and that sort of thing. And, And Wii U games, God, like, I mean... That said, they've actually done a very good job of getting all of the games you might want to play on the Wii U off of it uh, and selling them to us again at full price. Uh, yeah, that's a bad, bad example. But the Wii stuff, uh, that works. So it, speaking of the Wii, uh, apparently they're selling for a shed ton of cash now. Sorry, the Wii U. I, uh, Wii U. Um, I'm not surprised. It's that thing of... Here is, you know, like the Dreamcast started going for stupid money when that was kind of sent to Davy Jones's locker. Mm. Um, when people realised that this is kind of that that rarity thing of not a lot of people bought this on the first run, so now it has that rarity factor for people who are collectors, yeah, and people who have who have a Wii U and their old one has failed and they still have games they can't play on anything else. Um, so they want one, you know, uh, for whatever reason. But the ones that are, so I'm not surprised in a, in a way that the sort of the boxed mint, you know, especially the ones that have, you know, a specialty one. So like the Mario Kart edition ones yeah. are going to start going to start going for money because the proper capital C collectors are going to be buying these, putting them in cupboards and sell them for triple the money in a few years' time. It's crazy stuff. I mean, you can still get, and I, I was there yesterday, a Wii U in, in CEX is 80 quid. Uh, and one of the, the big 32 gigabyte ones as well. You don't need to get the little 8 gig one. Just get mm-hmm. the big one because they're 80 quid. Because there's no reason to own one at all. I found back on the list of the the Metacritic best Wii U games of all time. No reason to buy one at all. I uh, think that the people who are buying them have a very specific reason because they're collectors or they're incredibly invested in. I mean, I think just because just because it's a Nintendo thing. Yeah. Um, you know, look at something that didn't sell at all. So, like the Virtua Boy. Now you'd have to sell several important internal internal organs to get one minion box. You know, I've never actually looked what they go for. 
I, I expect, I mean, mint in box, that's got to be money, even, you oh, know. Oh, mint for, in box, fuck yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is, people are trying to get ahead of the curve by getting a mint in box Wii U. And that's why people who have these things are seeing that, that exploit in the market and saying, right, that costs 400 quid then. Yeah. Well, I can't get a virtual, but oh, hang on. Nintendo Virtual Boy plus three games, very rare, fully working. Three forty nine buy it now on eBay. Oh, hang on, right next one. Nintendo Virtual Boy, hardly used, hundred percent complete mint throughout with the box. Six forty nine. There you go. There's another one for seven fifty. Um, I mean, that, it's yeah. like it's like. Um, I mean, I think it's just because of brand name as well. It's just that thing that Lego is the best savings account there is. Yeah. If you buy a Lego <laughs> set. You buy one for you to build and one for you to put it under the bed for 18 months when Lego decides that that thing is now withdrawn, it's grandfathered, retired. That thing is going to be worth triple what you paid for it overnight. Absolutely. Regardless of what set that is. And the most valuable ones are the ones that no one gave a shit about. Who bought the Lone Ranger, the remake Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp Lego sets? No fucker. Except the people who are putting them away for when the collectors come to knock for it. These yep. are the people who are going to make money. So this is people, I think, profiteering now of something that they have and now, and people who are buying one to look ahead in five years' time when, yeah. you know, people really want one. And I think it's just because it's Nintendo as well. Oh, that yeah, brand it, name sells Yeah, there, there's, there are definitely Nintendo collectors yeah. who just want 100%. everything that Nintendo put a stamp on, which is an alarming amount of stuff. Incidentally, don't anybody yeah, start that as a hobby. It's... Oh, I saw that. <laughs> I, I saw that because um, the P- Pokemon. Oh, well, I was going to say that. I thought, what oh, company Pokemon even makes alone. Pokemon? But I mean, I saw somebody who bought because in Japan they put out a plushie of every one of the original Pokemon. What the two hundred and something original Pokemon? Yeah. And put out a plushie of every one. And I saw a thing on Kotaku of someone who bought every single one. Oh, it was. It was I, I remember when Gen, when when it first started. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing something in the news along the lines of, "If you want to buy your kid everything Pokemon for Christmas that you could buy, you will spend a million and a half pounds." Yeah, that's what as, there is available <laughs> to buy. <laughs> yeah, but I, as well, I think the thing is. It's ever so difficult to to invest in like a pop uh, like a pop culture thing and get it right. I mean, because the amount I mean, because oh, you and yeah. I have seen the Ant- Antiques Roadshow, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many people turn up with their NatWest pigs and their full Smurfs yeah. and go fifty p each? You yeah. know, if you're lucky. Um, it's always the but, NatWest pigs, isn't it? It's always yeah, those. <laughs> I both my mum and dad worked for NatWest for many years. We had a full set, and we broke every single. Me and my brother broke every single one of them except one. Yeah. Um, and it didn't matter in the end. But I know that <laughs> mum and dad got them and thought this is going to make us rich. Um, yeah, not even <laughs> but a little you, bit. They got them for free. Yeah. Uh, not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's um, but when you've got a sure thing, pop culture thing, so. Beatles, Rolling Stones, Nintendo, Lego, anything like that, which is nailed on, has a huge fan base, and anything you own of that will sell for more than you paid for it eventually. So if you're seriously investing for the future in that way, you can't go wrong with a Nintendo product mint in box, Absolutely. even if it's shit. Yeah. So I, th- I'm, I mean, um, I think it's just it's kind of these things kind of have an ebb and flow about them. You know, one, once one person buys one, 
other people start going, well, he bought one. He knows something I don't know. I better buy one. And so, so the bubble kind of expands and it contracts and expands. So I think we're probably just seeing a bit of a, pe- a little bit of artificial horse trading happening here. Yeah. That it's kind of got a bit of artificial value because everyone's kind of started buying one. So people are starting to go, perhaps it's time to sell mine. Perhaps it's time to get one now. And so the prices are going up a little bit. Probably in a few months, it will be back to much less money than what they are now. But so it's just kind of one of those things but I've got I've got to say don't start collecting Nintendo things if you're not kind of not super into it like don't yeah. think I'm gonna buy this and it'll make you a, mi- a million pounds it won't the, the only know. people who should be collecting it is people who can already sit in their house and go shit I've got a lot of Nintendo stuff here if you've got a special room yeah. that's just Nintendo things by all means buy it but don't go a normal person who's got you know I've got yeah I can scrape together 300 quid I'll buy a Wii U and you know then I can send my kids to college no no, it's it. There's no as a gamer, just purely interested in playing games. There is no re. It's weird. It's the only mm. console platform I would argue. There are all of the consoles ever made that there is really no. If you want to, if you absolutely have to play Pikmin three, then that's it. Yeah, or you absolutely <laughs> have to play um, a zombie with an eye, and you want to do the thing where you look at a pad and then look up at the screen and look at the pad and look up at the screen yeah because even that um, game came out on other things as well yeah i've got it i got it for the xbox yeah so <laughs> this, this the, you know and just looking at this you've got the super mario games that came out today we uh super mario brothers wii u for the switch but breath of the wild bayonetta mario they've all been re-released all of yeah, them. so everything's going to get re-released eventually. Just, um, um, it kind of reminds me. I think if you've got a true passion for it, then you know what, go for your life. But I, I just really, I, I worry about people who like, you know, it's like people who inv- really invested in Beanie Babies. Oh and yeah, it they're all they worthless Beanie now, Babies, aren't they? and they're worthless now because they thought that they're gonna, you know, gonna put you, you know, set you up for life. But yeah, I, 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 I think you have to fundamentally love the thing first and not just see it as a money-making opportunity i mean it kind of reminds me of a a thing that my dad showed me it's a bit of a tangent but there's this bloke i think he has a shop in new york and when i say shop it's just a storefront that he just puts things in and he buys obsessively people's copy of the beatles white album because they're all individually numbered Oh, right, right. right. Okay. So he buys people's copies, like from flea markets and other collectors. And his obsession is getting them, you know, so he has them in his store in order, numerical order. And all that is is just copies of the White Album in numerical order in this store. That's amazing. And you can go and look at them. But the first, I remember <laughs> my dad showed me this, right? And the first thing he said to me is not having mine. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm under strict instructions to not sell my dad's copy of the white album to this man so sorry dude you're not getting my dad's copy but um yeah i just think that but that comes from a place of that dude loves that album more than is humanly sensible and that's why he's done it you get the feeling there's a lot of people our age just sat back thinking come on complete beatles vinyl collection that's going to be sold one day just that's That will, that will ease now, I've, I've received very strict <laughs> instructions about what vinyl I can let go and what is and what is I shouldn't. I, I mean, I literally my dad has a very large and comprehensive spreadsheet 
and you know <laughs> dad will be about to pop his clogs he'd be like here's the spreadsheet don't sell it for less than this <laughs> yeah there is a... oh so you didn't take all the cutouts out of the sergeant pepper album dad no no that's good no um, no yeah. no my dad <laughs> my my dad's really valuable because my dad has a huge vinyl collection and then but he had the stuff that is you know worth a lot of money is segregated off you know, under, you know, in hermetically sealed conditions and thing. A problem is dad has now discovered Discogs, which is the uh, online. Yeah. yeah. So now he's buying albums from, you know, from uh, all over the world that he was, he, you know, he's always wanted and stuff. So, you know, he's retired. He's got a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> the vi- There's only more and more vinyl turning up. <laughs> See, but that's the right way to do it, that he's buying stuff that means something to him that he's yeah. always wanted. He's not decided... I must own all the vinyl by these people or or whatever. And it's, yeah, the the obsessive collection. That's the good collection. I want these things. They're special, that kind of thing. Okay, let's see what we... Ah, speaking of Nintendo. Their CEO said something and it scared the shit out of everybody because I don't know if you've noticed, but the internet can be quite knee-jerk reaction-y. Oh, goodness, can it? Yeah. It can often jumped to the wrong conclusion mm. uh in the name of drama and and screaming quite like i always imagine like nathan lane in the birdcage <laughs> that's the noise the internet makes it's a high-pitched squeal of of shock and horror and only nathan lane can make that noise uh but basically the ceo of nintendo uh said you know one day we might not even make consoles. And everybody did a shit immediately. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Everybody calm down. Right. Yeah, chill out. Calm down. Uh, he didn't say, tomorrow we're stopping. That That's a very different thing. He didn't say that. A um, couple of points to just remember. First of all, Nintendo's been a company for over 100 years. Uh, they've made consoles... For the last 30, mm-hmm. uh, 35 years. it's While it's very much a current part of their company history, it is certainly not even the majority of the company history. And the idea that they might do something other than that is not only not unreasonable, but kind of to be expected. Um, I, I think it's easy to forget. Technically, Nintendo are a company that also make consoles. Yes, we... I mean, because they used to make, I mean, because like, um, it was still games, but it was like card games and pachinko yeah. machines and things like that is was their original I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's tons of stuff online about it um, for anyone who's interested. Uh, so it's, it's not ridiculous that the CEO of the company would be keeping his mind open about possible future sources of revenue. Mm-hmm. And... It is also part of his job to have a plan B, so to speak. Because as as good as Nintendo products are, as much as we love them today, everything can turn on a, on a dime, so to speak. We don't know what's coming next year or what attitudes will change. Or, you know, when, when Microsoft and Sony put out uh, digital-only consoles, are they actually going to run away with things and just wipe Nintendo out if all they keep insisting on doing is Switches? We don't know. So it's his job to be able to say, to be able to adapt as a company, mm-hmm. because that's that's how you achieve 
longevity as a company to adapt and change and not be caught up in saying, well, we do this. And if you can't do that, then there's no point in carrying on. Because, I mean, know, history is littered with companies that did that. Yeah. I mean, well, I was gonna, I was about to say, you know, how many companies have, uh, you know, uh, are, you know, we're currently standing on their graves, essentially, because they didn't adapt or they didn't see a, a big thing coming in the future, especially in terms of technology. You know, they back the wrong horse, they go with the wrong system, they don't they fail to see the way the tide is and, and they go under. Um, it happens every day, sadly. I mean, and, and let's be real about Nintendo for a second. A few years ago, they were not in good shape. Yeah. I mean, the Wii U nearly killed Nintendo as a gaming Absolutely. company. Let, let's be real about it. it I mean, because when the Switch came out, everyone was all like, oh, is this going to work? You know, they're still going with a with a tablet and it didn't work with the Wii U. I mean, so... Them turning around and saying, "Look, you know, we may we may not make consoles ten years from now." Like you, you're you're right; they have to be open minded to the way that you know the, the the current environment is. Absolutely. And if no one's making consoles in ten years, then why should Nintendo? Yeah. Do it. I mean, they. You know, it's not. It's a, like it might be a one percent chance. But it's a chance. And as a huge multinational company, they have to be prepared for an eventuality, however however slim it may be. You know, they've they've walked up to the cliff's edge once. So they've (laughs) They've looked over. They've leaned and and the the ground crumbled a little bit that made them very scared and jump. Yeah, they got as close as you can get. Yeah. Um, Um, So they've stared into the abyss. So they have to... You know, they beat a shit company and a bad CEO if they didn't take that experience and say, okay, like 99.9% sure that in 10 years you will have the Switch 5 or whatever. But we may not do that because we don't know what's going to happen in that amount of time. So that's all he's talking about because they're a, a prudent company. But like you say, the internet will take any sort of gap like that and, and run with it, unfortunately. So... Yeah, they're, then they're all sort of, oh, Nintendo are leaving gaming and, and it's over. Like, he didn't say they're that, not, dude. Did Have he? you seen how much money the Switch yeah. makes? <laughs> but like they're not say, leaving. Yeah, I mean, what if the Switch hadn't been a success? What conversations would we be having about Nintendo on a weekly basis now? We'd be having their obituary. Exactly. And so they, especially of all people, the CEO, the one person that in a crisis people will turn to and say, what do we do now, boss? Or what? Did, why didn't you see this coming, boss? Yeah. I mean, you're only, especially in technology, you're only ever as good as the last thing you made. Absolutely. I mean, even the biggest, hugest companies. I mean, we talked about Apple issue a profit warning last week, right? How, yeah. in reality, hand on your heart, how long, how many pro- bad products are Apple from being no longer a thing? Two, at best? <sighs> Arguably... I mean, it, it, it sort of depends. I, I think different product lines would have different levels of effect on them. But yeah, I mean, like how many shit iPhones can they do? In can a they row endure? Yeah. Before no one bothers. And I, I've heard this said about other things in, in the same way. How many shit Bond films can be made in a row before no one goes to see the next one? Yeah. But, well, I mean, by the way, they uh, reckon two on that one. Yeah, I mean, and that's optimistic, I think. Yeah. I mean, because, again, they've been to the brink more than once. Absolutely. Um, 
I mean, we, I mean, you know, looking back even in our recent history, people forget that 10 years ago in the, the financial crisis of 08, all those companies that were too big to fail really fucking failed. Absolutely. <laughs> it can happen to any of them at any given moment, uh, including Nintendo. So, so they... you know, in, in a way, it's good that you have a prudent CEO saying we are preparing for... Yeah. You know, the, the gaming apocalypse. But And again, I mean, gaming as a concept nearly died out in the early 80s because of a run of shit games and shit consoles. I mean, and, you know, again, hand on your heart, can you say that's never going to happen again? Oh, God, no, not at all. So, yeah, they, they've got to be prepared. He's mm-hmm. good. He's good. I don't like the good. only thing he's done so far I don't agree with is the amount of shit that's in the Switch eShop. But. That seems to be a universal complaint, as I see, I see yeah, at the moment. Because, oh my God. Really, there's so much cack. <laughs> really? Oh, I think we should do a game and put it in there. Because apparently you just can. Um, you know, uh, it's it's getting bad. But, you know, he's done the, he's reversed the YouTube policy, which is great. Yes. Um, he's, you know, showing that he's prepared for the future. This is This is good. This is positive. Um, well, I think as well with in in a in a company which I think has been insanely conservative and insanely against looking forward in that way. Like I say that the YouTube ban was incredibly short sighted and other things that they've done in the past. So I think that big Nintendo fans should be refreshed by this. Absolutely, maybe he's kind of almost too honest as well because everything you say as a CEO, if especially if a company's public, if you sort of cough in the wrong way you know, the share price will fall and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think there might be yeah. such a thing as being too honest as a CEO. And this might kind of fall into that that category because business is kind of all about confidence, isn't it? Yeah. So I am confident in that company. And that confidence is artificial veneer that can be shattered or reinforced with one statement. And this is kind of one of those statements that someone would say, which appears, which, you know, is prudent and you would kind of want to hear as a, someone who's invested in that company with your money. Um, but again, it might be kind of too honest. A good CEO to watch for stuff like that is Tim Cook. And mm. I, I love watching him be asked a question and there is, he never just answers. Yeah. You, you, every single word that's about to come out of him has been carefully considered, considered and chosen yeah. and to not cause terror. Like well, I mean, does. well, I mean, because let's be real. Even if you know the next iPhone is the last iPhone, Tim Cook is never gonna. You know, no one's gonna say Tim Cook is this the last iPhone. He's never gonna say yes. Exactly. Or we may never make iPhones anymore I mean, because the exact thing would happen again. Of course, there's a plan in Apple for what happens if no one buys another fucking buys an iPhone. iPhone. Of yeah. course, they've got that plan, but he's not gonna come out and say. So we're planning for no one buying iPhones anymore. Because then that's the end of the world. But of course they are. It's just, you know what, that's an age and experience thing, mm-hmm. I think. And I think what the Nintendo guy has just learned is you don't say shit like that. And so I'm I'm going to expect to not hear something like that from him again. Yes, I expect the board of directors meet were like, oh, for fuck's sake, what did you just tell them? Yeah. Have, you seen, have you seen the state of the internet now you've said that? Absolutely. Okay, let's move on. We have another... Oh, cool. Another new game in another much-beloved franchise of games. The Alien Isolation games were very popular. 
if you like alien games, there's an oh, it's a mobile game. Oh, oh everyone's very disappointed. Um, because Alien Isolation was a big hit, and I think more a bigger hit than people expected. Yeah. Um, in that everyone played it, it was terrifying, and it was true to the Alien franchise that people love, like i.e. the good films and not the shit ones. Um, so I think that you know a follow the fact that a follow up didn't come at speed kind of 18 months later is in in way a relief because it didn't, they didn't just churn out a shit thing to jump on the popularity of isolation however it is disappointing in the extreme that the kind of canon sequel to this game is going to be a mobile game do, do you think the people working on this watched what happened with command and conquer and then diablo <laughs> diablo and went, sat there thinking oh shit this is not yeah. gonna go down well we spent fifty million on it. It's got to happen, but oh god! Do you know what? I think there's a space for mobile games. I'm not slating the concept of mobile games. My problem comes when, you know, here is a great game for console, and then they go, the canonical sequel is this mobile game, which is inherently much yeah. more shallow because yeah. you can't put a game of console quality on a phone currently, as we are in 2019. So do you know what I I'm going to I want to uh, I I think you could I really don't think you should. No. I I really think there is yeah like like you I'm not inherently against mobile games as a concept that would I, be I weird. I think they're good as a companion piece like I was yeah. talking about last week like if you if you're a band and you want to make a few put out experimental stuff or try something new that's what EPs are for. Yeah. The album is for your proper music. It's the same way with games. Your proper releases are, tri- you know, if you're a AAA game company, your proper releases go on console and PC. If you want to make a companion piece or a smaller game or expand or rental game in that universe, that is what mobile is for, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Oh, it's for little games. The, the platforms... You can't play a 40-hour game yeah. on the phone. And as well, especially a game that is so atmospheric... And is best played on a big TV with the lights off in that midnight with rain and thunder outside, not on a packed tube train at 8.30 in the morning with bright lights and you've only got five minutes, so you just want to play a little bit of Alien the next game. Yeah. That's not, you're not going to get that same thing experience from the mobile game. It's just not, it only diminishes the brand for me, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree. You know, Fallout and Fallout Shelter. You know, Fallout Shelter is the mobile version. Then you have the proper. You know, Fallout's not a great example because obviously the recent events. But assume Fallout games were still good and we liked. Them. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, no. The the point stands. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I I think it's just yeah. It, I I think this angers people because it is that certain things should be on consoles and PCs. And, and well, especially the, the canonical games. sequel to a massive big hit yeah. like Alien Isolation was uh, that absolutely. people really want a sequel for and they had a long time to make one Isolation came out in I want to say 2014 2015 2014 yeah so they've had you know a good development cycle and they're like here's what you've all been waiting for a mobile game yeah I mean can you imagine if Red Dead 2 was only for iPad <laughs> you know, that would be insanity because why would you do that <laughs> Well, they'd be working on the grounds that there are millions of iPhones, etc. I mean, 
if you look at it as a platform, you know, the Switch would love to have the install base of the iPhone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I can see that. But, yeah, it, I just think it's... it's I think we, we're, we're just forcing stuff onto the platform that isn't, part, isn't for that platform. Phones aren't long gaming devices. They are. They're not. I think that's it. They're trying to almost... Because, like you say, the install base is huge. And there's a lot of people who just play mobile games, casual mobile games. So your, your Candy Crushes, your Plants vs. Zombies, which actually has made the leap, but they made the leap the other way. They went from mobile to console. Um, so, you know, I think that that's it. They, you know, they're seeing there's a legitimate jump from one to the other. So they keep trying to force it from going from big to small rather than small to big. Um, it just doesn't, you know, trying to, it's sort of trying to stop make fetch happen sort of thing, yeah, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, it's stop trying to force some, you can't well, by sheer force of will make something that is inherently casual and has kind of occupied that space in people's brains into a serious gaming platform. Yeah. I mean, it. I think we said when they did uh, the Diablo thing, that the trouble is, is that you, what you're doing is you're taking your Diablo name and trying to use that to sell mobile games. But the trouble is mm-hmm. that People that Diablo means anything to aren't the market for mobile games. And people who are that market haven't got a fucking clue what Diablo what Diablo is. And therefore, it's pointless that you've called it Diablo. It could be called anything because uh, they have no past with that game. So it, it's a weird thing. Alien Isolation won't sell mobile games because it doesn't mean anything to people who only play mobile games. Uh and people who it does mean something to are just pissed off at it. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not a good move. I, I think yeah. we'll see the, I, I, I think understand. we'll see an end of it. I bet this has been in development for a while, but while, yeah. I bet we don't see any new projects started like this. No, I hope not. Because I just it just seems like a spectacular way. I understand like you like you're quite right. You want to get more eyeballs on it. I I I get it, but it, it only pisses off the people who already bought your games. Yeah. And it, like you say, it means nothing to the people who use mobiles as an exclusive gaming platform. Exactly. My mum doesn't give a shit about Diablo. No, she neither just does mine. Doesn't, but she loves mobile games. I, I do, but I would buy a Diablo game, but not on a phone. So it's a complete waste of time. Complete waste of everybody's time. So don't do it. Thank you, game developers. What do we have next? God, then we talked. We ha- we all had a long chat about Spider Man. And Mike's room got done, and <laughs> I think that's still in progress. <laughs> yeah, that's that's still in progress. That's why he's not here tonight. Everybody, he'll be back next week. We all hope, most mm-hmm. of all him. Uh, ah, Japan made it illegal to mod consoles, and this is kind of a worrisome precedent. It seems. Yeah, it is tricky. I think. Right. So, I mean, that that's it, really. Japan has made it illegal to mod a console. The, so there's, also, not... there's also other things as and, well. It's not uh, just modding. It's something about save states as well, isn't it? As they've uh, made illegal. Let's see. Parts of it. Unfair Competition Prevention Act, which was revealed in December 2018. Uh, uh-huh. Prevent someone unfairly turning a profit off a company's software or electronic product. However, the wording of the law allows it to extend to uh, over what we previously assumed to be harmless actions as well, such as adding new NES games to the NES, SNES, and PS Classic consoles via mods, 
or using an action replay. That's yeah, so this is kind of, <laughs> that is over the top. I mean, once again, it's kind of, just as we're praising Nintendo, once again, the the heavy hand of the legal side of their company comes crashing down. So it seems like that that is kind of one of those shitty, kind of crappily worded laws that people will try to, so people who got in trouble, like when we were talking last week, people who were getting in trouble with Bethesda for modding Fallout 76 to make it yeah. a less miserable experience to play. So under those circumstances, you know, what are you in for murder? What are you in for rape? What are you in for? I modded Fallout 76 and uh, sold it to somebody. Um, that is <laughs> sort of the reality we're talking about here. Yeah. It's, um, it's people doing jail time for selling i think that the problem is is the selling aspect of it That's, i think if, yeah. if you mod stuff and then give it to someone for free i think you probably you know they won't look at that but if you're somebody who like uh, makes a living off um selling cheats to fortnite or um you know mods to yeah. for mario and things like that speed running to i mean, if, I mean what about things like speed running tools so people who make task bots and things like that assisted speed running things um does that count as modding i think it would but i think it falls you know the problem with laws like this is that there might well be legitimate reasons we can all get behind for them existing and being applied mm. but they're you know a badly worded law can lead to that law being abused or, or yes used well, especially in, in, by the companies yeah and so it really is going to boil down to how do these companies uh, push for that law to be enforced? And I, I think you're right. There's going to be a big difference between I did this bit of a mod on my console and my mate's got it now compared to come and get your modded switches here. Yeah. Um, and it, it's they do, they clearly want to stop one, but they're not that bothered about the other. But they don't really want you encouraged to do it either. So, you know, it, the, the fact that other people might be going to prison for it is a good look for them. Yeah. Uh, so to I've, speak. I've, 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 for, I, I also sort of, I, as a consumer, as an owner of consoles, I, I sort of think, first of all, if you, if you bought a thing, you can do what you want with it. That That has to be a thing. But at the same time, you might have to take into account what do those things involve and why would you want to do that? Because right now, the only reason to have a, a, a hacked Switch is to play stolen games. Yeah. There's no other reason to do it, really. Uh, and the same goes for a lot of other things. And so yeah. I, can't, I, I can understand them wanting to prevent you from doing that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that there's, I mean, as well, they, they would kind of go after the, not as much people who just do it for, you know, yourself and a few friends or, you know, this sort of, you know, brother of your cousin and things like that. I think they would sort of more target people who do this on like an industrial scale. So there are people who will sell packs you know, maybe like a little circuit board or something like that, and then sell a thousand of those or something. And that is kind of the people they would want to target. It's kind of like, you know, if you bought a truckload of cheap Armani jeans and then you modified them into booty shorts and sold them <laughs> for a for a markup down the market, you're going to get in trouble for that as well. So it yeah. doesn't it doesn't necessarily just cover games. I think all big brands want to protect their brand. Um, by stopping people making money from them that they could be making, essentially. 
yeah. or by putting something in their name that is shit and doesn't work or steals your credit card details or something like that. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we'll see how this goes. I yeah. don't see us getting laws along these lines at all in the foreseeable future. No. I mean, there's been more than a few kind of shittily thought out laws in this country that don't work. Um, you know, the biggest one being in, in this country, because uh, I, I learned about it at school. That, so the Dangerous Dogs Act, for example, which was a terrible law made on a knee-jerk reaction and uh, it was never used properly. So when you get these kind of these kind of laws in, if they ever do take someone to court, you know, they drag on for ages and more often than not, the person who was in jail for this ends up walking because it just doesn't work. Yeah. So I, I think this is a, a marginal problem. But when you when these laws come in, it always sort of sets your teeth on edge a bit because they're kind of, they come across as knee jerky. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, we'll see how it goes. Good luck with it, Japan. Um, Yeah, glad we aren't doing it though. Yet. Yet. Oh, we've got so much fun to look forward to in the next 12 months as a country. Oh, don't. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I know, right. Joe, <laughs> uh, you know let's get the CES stuff out of the way. All righty. Um, there's not re- I don't have anything to sort of point you to on a, in terms of a URL. Uh, let me see what happens. I bet The Verge still have a, a thing up. But it, do you know what? It, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Okay. A couple of things of CES. Uh, first of all, it reminds me once again that I was in Vegas six years ago, and that makes me feel like I'm really old and I want to go feels back. feels like yesterday. I remember you talking does, about it on podcasts. Yeah, it feels like yesterday, and Facebook is spitting up photos of it at me on a daily basis mm-hmm. now. Do you remember this when you were having fun? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> go away. So CES, and there's been a few things. The television that rolls up and appears as if from nowhere is is fucking incredible, but that's not Oh, really... yes, I saw pictures of that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It goes in a drawer or something. And it's... Well, I mean, yeah, I saw that. I thought that that was... they For years, it feels like people have been waiting, have really been, feels like a lot of people have been waiting for... It would be nice if I had a screen and it didn't snap if I sat on it by mistake. Um, and I feel like I've been, ever since I was a child watching Blue Peter... Um, the flexible screen is coming. So this idea of people who want to pretend they don't watch television. Yeah. Um, this seems <laughs> ideal for them. <laughs> so all the best of that, because I know that I saw a thing sort of related to this, that apparently 4K telly is already over. 8K is is yeah. is the new hotness. So fuck off all your 4K tellies. You're, if you bought one last week, you're a fool. You should have bought your 8K already. So... Um, that's what my dad's holding out for. Mm. I think he's he's holding out for 8K. He's not yeah. daft. Well, that's a different argument. But uh, So really, the, the main thing that came out of uh, CS, there was an NVIDIA announcement and a couple of AMD announcements. Uh, the, the significance of the, the NVIDIA one is that they announced the, GT, the, the RTX 2060 card, which is meant to be they're sort of this will be the most popular sold version of this card of the the rtx range the the gtx 1060 is by far the most popular graphics card on the planet um it's alarming right, yeah. right it's the most used card on steam uh and 
I think. I mean, that's that's pretty standard card. So if you went yeah. to buy like a like a gaming laptop, sort of not like a spec one that you built yourself, or one if you went and bought it off the shelf, it's going to have that card in it. Yeah, uh, and so they announced that the latest version of that. Uh, it's arguably a hundred pounds too expensive. Aren't they always though? Um, I mean, because isn't all this technology a hundred pound too expensive when it first comes out? It is, and Nvidia are living in a, an unchallenged market. So they can do what the fuck they want, and they currently are doing. Um, well, as well, I mean, because graphics cards prices have been inflation, artificially inflated by Bitcoin miners the last few years, haven't yeah, they, as well? That's, so... that's dying off, um, especially as people realize you really can't get all that rich from Bitcoin mining and that kind of thing. Well, not anymore, yeah. since Bitcoin is uh, dying on its ass. So, but a few years ago, you could. Yeah. So. Um, so, you know, that's dying off. But it, it's it's coming out, I think, sort of three hundred and twenty nine to three hundred and fifty pounds, that kind of thing. It's a it seemed to provide about the power of the card that I have, the the ten eighty, uh, and it, it you know it, it's all right. But there's still an element of I I think Nvidia are taking the piss a bit now because they can, and so they are. And I mean, because because they're in an unchallenged. Because in different unchallenged market, I feel like in the world of graphics cards, where you're, it feels like you're perpetually, you know, half an hour away from them announcing one that's better than the one you just paid three hundred quid for. Um, I always feel like they're always sitting on a much better one. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if I was someone who was, you know, in the market for a graphics card, you know, the temptation to sort of be in a perpetual hold cycle while they you wait for one that's priced and might last more than five minutes as like the top of the range one. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, and to be honest, I, I wouldn't buy one of these RTX cards. Um, I, they, they reek of, this is a thing we're going to do for a year. And then the one yeah. you really want is coming out in November. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, you, you're in a sort of perpetual holding pattern. Yeah. Wait for them to release the actual one, which uh, will be, the one which is good. Yeah. But I mean, I, I seem to remember that we were, when we were talking at the top of the show, we were talking about the, the possibility of a Switch Lite, that they couldn't get a big, you know, they're, they're, the what's in there isn't, there's nothing better yet. Is this the, there's something better coming for that? Yeah, it, it really is. We, we know there's something better coming. Um, they need to get their, it, it's all down to chip process. How tiny can you make the wires and the transistors? And the 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 new heart is seven nanometers, which AMD are all over, and Apple actually, but Nvidia we, and Intel cannot get near. Are we just? I mean, are we, I mean, I don't want to get too blue sky thinking in this, but are we just sort of waiting for quantum computing to become a thing that's commercially viable at this point? Um, no, way no? too far off. Okay. Sort of, yeah. No, we're not. Um, but sorry, I've lost my train of thought now. Sorry, I interrupted uh, you, my bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, I, I wouldn't get a 20 series NVIDIA card. There's going to be a 21 series by the end of the year, I, is my personal prediction. And it will be more reasonably priced. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to stay off that. But they, So they announced that, and they're coming to laptops and that sort of thing. The AMD thing was significant because they are NVIDIA's closest challenger and Intel's closest challenger. And they are the ones who are sort of... They, they've got this burden of having to provide competition to two other companies mm. in, in two areas of, of working. Uh, they showed off their new graphics card, which has been disappointing, 
to people. Uh, it kind of, I, I think everybody was expecting them to match NVIDIA in performance and somehow be half the price. And what it turns out they can do is match NVIDIA in performance at the same price. Yeah. Um, which is sort of, that. it's not an awful thing, but it's still left people with, oh, I wanted a half price card. Yeah, I mean, if if um again, if we're talking about people kind of being stuck in a holding pattern, waiting for the the new hotness, which they know is coming, I mean, if you're a company who is competing with them but not really, you're kind of a distant second. Then in a way, you're kind of also stuck in that holding pattern. Yeah. Because if you kind of shoot your bolt too soon, you're oh, you know, yesterday's news, while your your rival is essentially then sitting on something they know is going to be cheaper and better in just in time for the christmas yeah. you know for quarter four so um what i would say about the graphics card um it's called the ryzen 7 because it's not ryzen 7 now now i've confused myself and i have to look <laughs> it up again what do they call their fucking graphics cards yeah that's mo uh, uh, sorry i've got a long list in front of me of all the good stuff from ces and i something seven radeon seven thank you i knew it was one of the r ones Radeon 7, because it's got the 7 nanometer process on it. I think what we actually saw, rather than a specific model, was the beginning of a range. Um, so I expect to see other Radeon 7 cards with different designators assigned to them, whatever, that will be right. more or less powerful. The big news from them, I thought, was the, the processor stuff. that They were showing off stuff that if I was the dude at Intel, I'd be very unhappy that I witnessed. Um, right when they did on stage a live benchmark test of their new chip compared to uh, intel's new hot thing and showed it beating it a lot um and then what is becoming clear is that that's not the fastest most powerful version of that chip that they did that with either right um so we don't know any of this for sure but at the same time it's all very reasonable and expect some time sort of May, June, July, AMD to come out with chips that really upset Intel a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's good. I mean, but it's good for consumers, ultimately, I think, these sort of things, especially when you've got people in a three-horse race, essentially, trying to – ultimately, it's going to get you better stuff and at cheaper prices because they're competing with each other. Yeah. In in, in a world where you kind of have one – big kahuna they can just do what they want you get get what they give you at what price they dictate but when you have these three if someone if someone from intel is sitting there getting pissed off that they've been shown up in that way good go make something better absolutely absolutely uh they're trying i believe but they're just not quite they can't make the thing small enough that's the problem Mm. uh but i think that's that's pretty much it uh, there will be individual things. Lots of companies release new laptops and things with RGB lights on them and that kind of thing that are very nice looking and lots of fun. Uh, but, you know, for all the detail for us to go into them, honestly, go and look at Linus on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, there are lots of nice laptops and I look forward to getting one. I'm so ex- I'm actually excited about going all Windows God, where do we Yeah, I saw now? you having a bit of an existential crisis about this on Facebook. I really am. About going 100% Windows. Look, I mean, not to repeat an infamous line from Tropic Thunder, don't go 100% Windows. I might have no choice. This laptop's on its last legs. Well, it's not, but it's pissing me off. 
it would be fun oh i thought you meant person. i mean i mean i'm just talking about the whole range of technology i mean you know you've got an iphone still oh i'm not changing that just you're not changing that so... i'm going to android that's not happening but i mean i'm sort of reminded of a thing of like sometimes things are popular because they're good that that is very true the difference is i, I think apple's computer hardware is kind of in the toilet at the moment I, and I don't you know, like any of it and i it, and... i think it's all overpriced yeah, I mean, that's the thing I was about to say. I mean, because, you know, I know that obviously Windows would be a, would represent a compromise. Yeah. But it's a much cheaper compromise. And you've got something that works while you wait for Apple to get their shit together and you can save up and buy a nicer Apple thing. I, I priced up a new uh, Windows laptop and I built it to the same spec of the current MacBook Pros. Minus the, the, the Apple things like the touch bar that I don't care about yeah. and, and stuff like that. And it was two thousand pounds less. I mean, that's it. I what, mean, what can you do with that? I can't. What can you do with that? You know, that, you can buy another laptop and throw it in the bin. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and you know, if you're going to spend, if you're looking to spend a wedge on a, uh, you can get a pretty decently powerful Windows laptop for that sort of money. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not. I sort of feel bad because I've never owned an, a, like a big ticket Apple product, like a, a laptop or a, a, a or a computer, because they're just too expensive, and they always have been. Um, so I'm kind of not surprised that it's kind of returned to the mean. If you see what I mean, especially when yeah. when I because Apple kind of market themselves as like, yes, I know that the iPhone, you know, the Windows is doing X and Y, but look, this comes in a much prettier box. That's really all they've got at the moment. I mean, I I still think Mac OS is nicer than Windows, but it's not yeah. not to the degree that it justifies the increased cost of the hardware, which isn't as good. Every, the the hardware in the PC space right now is the best I've ever seen, which is saying a lot because I've been around a while. But it's mm. it's the the some of the the stuff people are putting out is incredibly good. Um, well, especially as well, sort of the the kind of modability of it. Because yeah. that's the thing with Windows, you can kind of rejigger it, you can build your own thing and, and kind of really spec it to how it's going to work for you. Whereas I don't think Apple's really got that. It's got that flexibility, but it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it has that flexibility at all. I, I mean, God, there's. I'm, I'm going to do something weird now. I'm going to praise Dell. Are you ready for this? Oh, Fucking God. They just pains. Uh, 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 yes, they've they put out a laptop that looks like it's two inches thick. But mm-hmm. you can entirely take the whole thing apart and upgrade it. It's got a proper desktop class processor that is in a slot that you can pull it out and put a new one in, or take the graphics card out and put a new graphics card in. It's a fully upgradable, customizable laptop that they've made. And they've made that because people want that. And mm-hmm. it might be fairly niche. I'm not saying my mum wants that, but I fucking love that idea. I yeah, really I, I, like I think that. It- I think it appeals to a bigger niche than you would think. I think that yeah. once, um, you know, especially sort of people who, again, have grown up with technology to a certain degree, have a, a lot of bigger range of comfort with saying, I want a machine that I want to spec in a way that's going to work for me. Yeah. So I'm someone, maybe I'm someone who does a lot of graphic design or I'm someone who does spreadsheets all day long or I'm someone who wants to just use it for Facebook or I want to use Steam. I think that there's lots of... There's enough of a user base that is comfortable with the idea of really sort of digging into the specifics of what can I make this machine do for me. Mm. And unfortunately, I think with Apple uh, at this point, it seems that they've kind of gone on this thing of like, you know, 
we've got uh, you know a, a fairly a, a marginally superior OS, but it comes in a much prettier box. And look at the design and the the beautiful things, you know. And it's it, you can shave with it almost, almost sort of thing. But it's kind of almost now they've kind of rested on their laurels a bit in terms of like their big ticket PCs and laptops. I think for me and everyone else is is going. You know, but can I play a game on it? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. This but, this one that costs a third of the price, and I can do that with. So buy. Yeah, they've definitely gone form over function for me. Uh, you know, just the idea that if I if I replace this MacBook Pro with the current MacBook Pro, I need to spend a hundred pounds on dongles just to plug shit into it. <laughs> and don't you think as well? I think you know? that they've they've kind of almost shot themselves a foot in their foot in a way because I remember when like I pods first came out and the whole idea of streaming music first came out is like here is the ipod that you can only use with this apple stuff with this apple cable but now streaming and using an ipod and stuff is much more or ipods are now gone the way of the dodo and people are streaming and that that whole thing has kind of evened out so i think that that people being forced into that niche of i want to stream music therefore i need all these expensive apple products now that's kind of gone away they've kind of almost lost that repeat business of people having to up re-up on their yeah. Apple stuff so they can keep using an iPod and an iTunes and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they ever pull it back. But yeah, my next laptop will be a Windows laptop and it will be sooner rather than later. I'm, I'm, it's not that this laptop's slow. I'm just suffering the, what I'm calling new shoe syndrome where there was nothing wrong with new, new shoes until you got that new pair and then you realize how dirty and manky your old ones were. Well, that now you've got a, like a like a PC gaming rig as well, and now you're kind of interacting with it so much more. Mm. You're, you know, yeah. Essentially, you, you're looking like you say you're looking at your old Apple stuff and going, you know, oh, 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 you know, th- this does all of this. Exactly. So it's yeah, the the Windows hardware makes up for Windows, and the the Mac OS doesn't make up for the Apple hardware. That's the point. That's the balance. The tipping point we've passed. Mm-hmm. Um, other people will be at different points on this line, granted, but I'm, I've tipped. Sorry, everybody. They can still bring it back. I will happily go back to the Mac if they sort their shit out. So I but think people I... who do like, sort of people like Tristan who do kind of real high level video editing and stuff do still use Apple pretty exclusively, don't they? Nope. Still? No? Okay. No, not anymore. Because you couldn't, they, if you, if you are a professional video editing a company or a video production company time is money and the fact is, right. is that apple haven't provided you with a pro piece of hardware for five years or more right and it costs a fortune to if you yeah. want to repair that i mean ooh, yeah good lord and, and at the same time amd are there going have you seen our new 36 core processors have you seen yeah. what they can do to video processing because they can have chew you- it up and spit it out for fucking breakfast and have you seen how much they cost? And effectively, if this breaks, you can buy a new one and yeah. have it tomorrow and put it in yourself. And at the same time, Adobe are over there going, you know, Premiere looks the same on Windows as it does on OS Ten. Right, there, there's okay. absolutely no identifiable difference between the two apps. So what do you give a shit what it's running on? Fair enough. Um, that's what it boils down to. And Apple have just been, oh, iPad. Like, oh, no, Tim. No, 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 no. I think there might be, you know, with with recent events at Apple, you know, and and sort of recent news about them, I do wonder if there's going to be kind of a, I don't want to say a sea change, I don't think it'd be that fundamental, but sort of maybe a bit of a culture shift in the company. No, there needs to be. There needs to be. Yeah, there's got to be, yeah. They've been on this trip of how much can we hurt them? How much can we 
poke the bear before it hits bites back. And mm. the price of the current iPhones is that line. Astonishing. Oh, yeah. I mean, because just for, even for real kind of people who have that, I mean, even for people who have a, a level of disposable income that every new iPhone comes out, they just go buy it. I think that £1,000 is just too much money. It, it really is. It just is. And I think they've hit that line. They've crossed the line yeah. where we, they, oh, that's how much they'll pay. They won't pay this much. Shit, we've made $10 billion less. I need to cease trading for the afternoon and issue a profit warning and the like. I think that's it. They they got. Mm. I don't want to say they got greedy, but they pushed too far. Well, no, I think they just got complacent. And that, you know, I think that they just that. got. They just thought that you know, it's one of the things of like if we if we make an iPhone, they will buy it, sort of regardless, almost. And it kind of took this to make them go, oh shit, no, they won't. Pretty much that. Yeah, I think you're right. And and also, I think what they underestimated was our ability to put up with the old ones. We aren't yeah. abandoning the platform. We just aren't buying the new phone. Right. So yeah, because we, I I don't really understand what the the thousand pound iPhone does that my, you know, the third of the price of that iPhone does doesn't do. That's the other part. We've reached the point where your phone the does peak everything iPhone. you need it to do, and they're going to have trouble convincing us going forward why you need the new one. I I think still so far the com- most compelling argument they can come up with is this one's got a better camera than the last one. So I basically but, a better camera. It's not for filming sunsets. What I think is it's for filming fights at McDonald's, yeah. and I don't need that in 1080p. 4K, 60 frames a second. second. You know what? You've got to spend on a camera to shoot 4K, 60 frames a second, other than on an iPhone. You're into thousands, that like possibly tens of thousands. Yeah, you don't need that money to to film someone being racist on the bus. No, you don't. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing. There's like 4K 60 FPS on the iPhone, and then you need pro-level camera beyond that. Mm. There's nothing in between, which is one of the great things about the iPhone, just not at 1,200 fucking quid. Anyway, let's move on, because that was was a bit off gaming news, wasn't it? (laughs) Wow. Um, Anyway, what else do we have? Oh, and you... Do you know what? Let's leave the Assassin's Creed thing, because I get the feeling you can talk about that in better detail yes. at the end. Uh, Spider-Man has sold a shit ton of copies. Uh, uh, not shocked. Again, I feel like I'm saying I'm not shocked about many of these news stories, but I'm really not. Um, yeah. You know, make a great game, people will buy it. Absolutely. That's it, really. Uh, and Spider-Man is a game that if you've got a PS4, you should buy. I, I uh, Yeah, absolutely. You should buy it. It helps that there's, we, you know, as we sit here talking now, we're four months away from... Uh, the last Avengers movie, or the sort of the, the last film in this cycle. So, yeah. Spider Man's pretty popular right now. Absolutely. I mean, and, and as well, I do wonder how many of those copies they've sold since um, this animated Spider Man film has uh, done great guns. So, and they're they're still adding content to it. There's still DLC yep. coming out. There's a lot of stuff. So I think it's definitely worth it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but then I, it's the same people that did the Ratchet and Clank remake and i enjoyed that a lot as well mm-hmm. and i've forgotten their name and i want to say Cygnosis, but they used to make games for the amiga so it's not them it's it's insomniac yes that's who it is yeah um and then what else oh bungie and activision have split but it seems like one of those conscious uncoupling splits just to you know grid paltrow style in that 
everyone seems quite happy about it. Well, yeah, because um, one thing that people hated about EA is that they took Bungie and fucked up, uh, what is it, their game? Destiny, De- Destiny. or Halo. No, um, the one before that Mike played that I've never played but everybody loves. I want to say Deep Space, but that's not it. Dead Space. Dead Space, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, because that's right, yeah. Because, um, do you know what? I actually own all three Dead Space games but have not played a minute of it because they all went Games games with Gold on, on yeah. Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, because basically one and two are, are, are basically modern classics. Um, and then three came out and it was dog shit. Yes. And everyone was very sad and upset about it. And that is mostly EA's fault. Sorry, Activision. Sorry. Oh, Activision's fault. Yes. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I think that obviously Bungie are pretty in the doldrums now because obviously, I mean, because um, Halo, the latest Halo came out, and people were like, eh, it's okay. Um, Destiny came out and wasn't always cracked up to be, and only got better with many updates and some such. And then Destiny's two came out, and it was also pretty meh. Yeah, And yeah, I think that it's kind of that thing of, you know what, it's time for this, this marriage to be over because everyone is, it's just making everyone sad. Um, and everyone seems uh, sort of relieved it's, it's now done with. Um, so, but I think that Bungie's going to have to put out some banging content uh, to prove that it can do it on its own, first of all, and to kind of gain back a lot of that, that equity they've used up with putting out kind of three fairly mediocre games. Well, th- this has the effect of suddenly raising my curiosity in Destiny because right. now it's not an Activision game anymore. Now it's a Bungie game. Um, Bungie have made games that I like a lot mm-hmm. and people think a lot of their games and now they're being allowed to make them and sell them again. I'm starting, you know, the- they have my curiosity. I will keep an eye yes. on Destiny to see if it actually does become a microtransaction invest- infested piece of shit like I expected yeah. it to. That It was never on my radar because it was an Activision game. What I thought I was looking at was a very impressive graphical demo for a shop. Right. And because that's what Activision games are. That's what Battlefront was. Um that was EA, wasn't it? Sorry, I'm getting them all over the but, place. But I mean, these but... things are all much, you know, they're the same brand of arsehole, effectively, aren't they, really? They do the same sort of thing to these games. Yeah, uh, and so, yeah, based on that, I never got interested in it. It didn't matter how good of a game it was, because it was going to be a shop. So now it might not be. So I'm prepared to look at how good the game is. Yeah, I think it it didn't. I mean, Destiny didn't really hold my interest because of the nature of the game. That It was that thing of, like, it's it's got a very thin veneer of a single player campaign but actually it's about multiplayer go do raids with you know your clan and stuff like that you know so it never really had much interest for me i'm kind of interested to see what they do next so destiny 2 is still an ongoing concern but i'm kind of interested to see what if there's a new ip or they try a destiny 3 or something like that and if it's fundamentally the same or now that that creative control is back what they do with it so i'm I'm kind of keeping a bookmark in bungie as a concept at the moment i kind of want to see what what fresh ideas they come up with yeah only time will tell yes we just have to wait around so that's the end of the news that wasn't too bad it was all right yeah we even got through the pc stuff Yes, and I didn't fall asleep, yes. No, good, good. That went well, then. That went Mm. really well. So what have you been playing this week? Well, I know one thing. Go for it. Yes. Okay, so um, 
there was uh, some new free content for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, so basically, they're doing kind of a dual track approach to post. Uh, release content so there is free stuff which is uh something that they've called the lost tales of greece that they're putting out in increments then there's the paid dlc so they're kind of alternating at the moment so they had some of the lost tales of greece the the second episode of the dlc hits um next week so um i remember when this game came out they said there's going to be six months of we want people to be playing this for six months after it launches and i thought yeah all right you said that about origins and everyone was finished with it in you know a couple of months yeah once the dlc all dropped because the thing they did was for origins they dumped all the dlc at once essentially there was two episodes but they did two big chunks so once you were done with it that was that basically um but now they're kind of releasing it in in smaller kind of manageable hits the dlc is kind of coming out in stuff that will it will take you about two or three hours to to wrap up whereas the free stuff they're kind of about 25 minute long quest lines so on the day it dropped i i finished it in about half hour so um but for considering that it's free um it's surprisingly good they're fully fledged quests and they're interesting and they will give you like little weapons and abilities and stuff like that. So um, they're hundred percent worth doing if you're, you know, if you if you want to play Odyssey but you don't really want to go through the DLC, you know, that I think that they're planning to do about at least another sort of four or five Lost Tales of Greece episodes. So there's going to be plenty more content for you even if you don't want to sort of go the paid DLC route. So um, yeah, it was uh, quite enjoyable. I like that. I mean, but it's not very long. So, um, yeah, I knocked it off in about half hour. So once that was done, back into Hitman 2, which cool. I have now uh, finished the main storyline. So I did something that I, don't, I didn't do with the other one um, uh, because what I was doing before was sort of doing all the achievements and getting up to level, sort of the highest level of mastery on the level and then moving on to the next one because um, I kind of know what my brain is like and I thought I'm going to forget all the maps and the routes and where everything is if I leave it and go and do something else. I'm going to get confused. I need to just sort of concentrate on one and finish it and then move on to the next one. Yeah. But because um, Hitman 2 has been out for a little while and I was worried about the story getting spoiled for me, um, I thought, well, fuck it. I'll just... I'll just crash through the story and then I'll go back and do the other bits. And I'm glad I did because um, obviously I won't talk about it because I expect that you will play Hitman 2 at some point. Um, There is quite a big thing that happens that I hope that they make a Hitman 3 in short order. I have no idea what the story is of Hitman. Um, I don't even know what the story is so far in the game I'm playing. I'll be honest. Okay, so have have you finished the... Have you finished sort of all the levels of Hitman One, or are you no, still sort no, of no? No, I'm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm currently in Sapienza. I, I've right, never so... taken my time so much with the game. I'm. I'm yeah. actually quite enjoying it. Um, yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? I mean, like I think, like we, you, like I did, you had that kind of breakthrough with it. Yeah, and yeah. Um. So I, I, I actually, I, I had a good good old run on sapienza the other night i did loads of the things in one run through it was amazing i was yeah, it's good, i yeah. was a golf coach i was his therapist that's um, one of the funniest ones actually yeah um, and and killing the virus in the lab in my yeah. hazmat suit and everything that was brilliant and then i discovered that they there's other versions of of level you can do in sapienza like the there is yeah uh the movie 
director one and stuff Bump, like yeah. that. So I've been playing yeah. with that. It does keep crashing on that level, which is doing my head in a bit. It, but that's, it that's... did get a little bit janky when I was playing. I mean, it was fine, but I think it was um, it was sort of struggling a little bit under the weight of like, especially with uh, if you do any of the like the the uh, opportunities in yeah. that one, um, especially the one where you feed him to the monster, the monster teeth one. That's what I'm trying um, to do at the moment. Yeah, it gets yeah. a little. It got a little bit sad when I did that. Um, the one, the only one that it my Xbox struggled with with Mar- was Marrakesh, which is the next um, uh, because it's got huge crowd scenes. But funnily enough, in two, there's one. There's one of the levels is set in Mumbai, and it is but it's extremely populated with npcs because mumbai is a very densely populated city um but it seemed fine with mumbai but yeah when i first started trying marrakesh it got very sort of sad about that but um yeah um i mean i would say in terms of the story um I I enjoyed it, but it was a little bit of there were a couple of things that happened. I was like, hey, what, what? Because it's not a full reboot; it's kind of a soft reboot. So there's things that they bring up in the story that you, refer back directly to things that have happened in the previous Hitman's. But at the beginning of if Hitman 2016 is, you know, here is 47 joining the ICA and meeting Diana for the first time and things like that. So. Um, yeah. Um, Do you know what so there's a little me- bit of. Sorry, I, I, that reminded me. What we've not mentioned is they they announced that they're bringing out the previous two Hitman games in HD remasters for PS4 and yes. Xbox. And they are, I, I, yes. And I, it like in the next couple of weeks, I believe. Uh, today. Oh right. Today okay. is out today. Um, uh, one of those things of I thought good, excellent because I enjoying Blood Money, but I, I'm playing it through the backwards compatibility program so i've i already owned it from ages ago and you can play it on the one so i've been playing it but especially going from hitman modern ones to hitman old ones oh my god the control scheme is fucking awful (laughs) yeah that's Um, one thing they've updated they mentioned which is which made me think thank you god because i don't want to be because the the, you know (laughs) it's simple things like i want to inject poison or a sedative into this person right so the thing uh, you know i want to fiber wire someone so in blood money what you have to do is be back from it's not like it is in um the modern hitmans where you know you stand close to them you press the contextual button and you garrot the fucker right it's not like that in blood money you have to stand there press you know the crouch button then press a button to get the fiber wire ready then creep up on the person and then garrot them with another button press this sucks balls yeah that sounds like a nightmare yeah it sucks balls because as well in in hitman if something goes wrong you can fix it like if your cover gets blown, you can just punch them out or garrot them or something like that, and you can contain it. In Blood Money, you j- just start again because you are fucked at that point because of the amount of preparation it takes you to execute that action. It kind of, you know, you kind of almost if you're especially if you're going for silent assassin, you, you know, you kind of need a a pretty good run and like the NPCs be in the right place so you've got the time to to go and do that actually because it takes so much longer so i appreciate that it blood money is still going to take a while but if i can just do it with right trigger or yeah. a bumper that's going to be so much more user friendly rather than i mean because i remember you know it's that thing of like there's so many like mental processes to go through of like okay i want to inject this person right so i've got to stand at the right place crouch get it ready 
now is the cursor red? Can I do it? Inject them. So by the time you've thought of all that, someone's blown your cover because you've because the movement of NPCs with yeah. a level you kind of got the timing wrong um and you know you haven't got things like in blood money you haven't got the advantage of like hitting the instinct and seeing where people are on the map and things like that um so uh yeah i found it a struggle especially going between the two um so if you know it kind of makes it worth the money of purchasing it again just for the case of can i put these controls in a configure the user controls in a way that's more user friendly to me however the um it hits they hit the stores today and it's 50 quid that's just kind of too much money at this point for me Ooh, that, especially if absolution isn't great that that's a lot for a remaster i mean it's both of them together yeah but but still i feel like 25 oh, quid for both you know 25 quid is kind of too high a price point i think a lot of people are kind of surprised by how much they're charging because when i was looking on the forums and stuff on true achievements people were saying i thought this would be 30 quid what, what's it um what's it called what should i say um, because i've just searched for, Hitman search on Amazon for and i'm getting all manner of things um i'm not sure what it's officially called i don't know i think i don't know if it's getting a physical release i think it's all right yeah. digital download only all right okay yeah I mean, it's not coming up on amazon at all right download only fair enough yeah um yeah because when i when i sort of had a look at the price and i i really thought it would be kind of in the 30 35 quid range but yeah 50 is uh too rich for my blood currently so um i'm putting a putting a pin in that one for now but i definitely will pick it up once the price drops because i want to play these games but in their current the current configuration for console i mean i probably it's probably easier with keyboard and mouse um but as it stands for console it's just kind of a little bit irritating at the moment yeah well you you can do keyboard and mouse though now can't you is that you can but i would have to buy a keyboard and mouse which is Fair <laughs> again sort of kind of more money than i want to you know i want to pay for the sake of playing blood money a little bit easier um yeah. so yeah i suppose you'd want a bluetooth one as well because you don't want to yeah that's the tricky thing with it it's like who has their xbox set up like they have their desktop set up no, nobody um no, nobody only because does. i've got like a i've got like an ikea chair that i sort of move closer to the tv yeah. so i could plug it in but um yeah i mean in people who like play in living rooms and not in a sort of designated cupboard room like i do um yeah people who are like just in their living rooms would want a bluetooth one so cool is that is that so that's me that's, that's me you? yep just, i mean i've got i've got a feeling for the next little while it's just gonna be me alternating between assassin's creed odyssey and, <laughs> and a hitman game i think at the moment because um i'm i'm fairly into them well i've had an interesting week all right um sort of i the the christmas haul sort of has yeah. left me a bit overwhelmed it really has and i have to admit that red dead 2 has not managed to pull me in yet i am not right. craving it or or feeling like going back to it in particular uh i'm still gonna have to make a conscious decision to sit down with it and try and get into it uh, which makes me feel bad in some way. I like. I, I still think it runs like off like shit on the PS4. Uh, I, right. I think kind of reaching the event horizon of just this game is too big. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I've got a feeling as well. I think this was kind of a a, a thing with Red Dead Two. I mean, I, I'm only sort of looking at it from the outside in because I haven't put my hands on it. Sort of played it in anger, sort of thing. But I just, it sort of feels like, I almost like I did until I sort of got 
a way into Odyssey, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's kind of so big, and the amount of stuff that you can do or not do um, is almost it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. So if if you're just someone who's going into Red Dead and just playing the main missions, I mean, you're leaving ever so much of that game that to one side to the point that I think you would probably feel bad that you haven't gone and looked at you know you haven't spent 20 hours fishing yeah I I mean I'm happy to to put the time in but I have to be enjoying it the games that you can happily sink hundreds of hours into happen without you realizing it you know and and this for me so far is not going to be one of those well I'll see how it goes uh because I want to like it I'm even still willing to say if they bring it out on PC, I, I might buy it again because, mm. well, technically I didn't buy it once. It was a Christmas present. So, you know, I might be up for that. But I don't know. But in a, on a more positive note, what what does that mean I have been playing? Uh, I started Yakuza 0. Okay. Which, which, to be fair, Alison was more excited about than I was. However, it's fucking good. It's so, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Um, I, I can't say anything really about Yakuza that Mike hasn't said before me. Uh, but it is a lovely, wonderful game that I find it hard to find fault with at all. Uh, yeah. And it runs beautifully on the PC uh, and lets me run it on the TV downstairs and turn around to Alison and go, look, look, 60 frames a second, look, look. <laughs> and she, yes, that's nice. Yes, yeah, nice, yeah. doesn't look up and see it, but that's what happens. Um... And it's yeah, it it's been fun to just break that uh, that that Christmas, I don't know, overwhelming supply of games that came too big, too many, shouldn't have done it. Uh, Smash is still the best game in the world ever, uh, and I started playing more online and fucking won, which is just awesome and made me feel very good about myself. Very good. I my first random. I did a random uh, match with random fighters. It matched me up with some kid that was Mario. I was Sonic, and I smashed him in, and it was brilliant. <laughs> so I still enjoy that. And the I stand by the fact that that is a game designed for a GameCube controller. They, they've mm. done that on purpose. There's no way they haven't done that on purpose. It's too GameCube, GameCube controller dependent. It, it really is. Mm. Um. I I also played. Uh, I just discovered because it went on offer somewhere. On, on the back in the day on the Amiga, there was this wonderful little game called Wings, which was oh yes yeah a World War One f- fighter plane game such as they were. I mean World War One, not great for its dog fights if that's something you're into. Kind of only just invented planes at that point. Right, they were sort of motorized kites really yeah so it, someone could someone could swap them down with a broom if they if they yeah. flew sufficiently low yeah yeah if, you, if you're interested in the plane bit of war you're really you're waiting for world war Two for that but this was a world war one game biplanes and all of that and what, what i discovered was that calypso the company that makes uh, the tropico games have remade it and remastered it for modern pcs uh and it happened to be on sale for one pound 79 so I jumped on it and mm-hmm. they've done a wonderful job of remastering it and of reminding me what a terrible game it was, what a pain in the ass <laughs> it was to play and <laughs> why and how games have moved on significantly in the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. So 
it was worth precisely the £1.79 I paid for it for that hour and a half of nostalgia. And then you realise, no, this is terrible. How did we ever? It's just the same three things over and over. And this, the, the strafing section doesn't even really work. You can't do anything with it because it goes too quickly. And yeah, but at £1.79, yeah. it was fine for that. Um, also, a little bit of news. I tried to fix a Switch Joy-Con. Oh, yes. I I, I heard that that made you scared and uh, you just put it back together and ran away very quickly. Yes, it did. Um, I, I had to replace the thumbstick because I was getting awful drift and it was a case of this, this has to be fixed or, or new Joy-Cons, which are not cheap, annoyingly enough. So you can get the part for seven ninety nine off Amazon. There's no soldering required. It's a few screws and some ribbon cables, etc. The Joy-Cons are remarkably fiddly and I think I broke it more. I, st- I definitely broke the spare part that I got in trying to fix it. I have got it working again. Oh, that's again. rubbish. Yeah, I have got it working again with the original sort of broken part that needed replacing. So it's not fixed, but I'm actually optimistic that I'll be able to fix it and have ordered a new spare part that should be here tomorrow. So if I don't break that while I'm trying to fit it, I- I'm feeling pretty pleased with myself. I-, I quite like this idea of fixing stuff rather than just binning it and getting new stuff oh absolutely i mean especially the you know that that money that you you spent on repairing it represents you know like a you know 20 percent of what a new joy set joy cons would would cost you i mean it's worth a try at least yeah not even that um new joy cons are 70 it's 10 percent roughly little right uh new joy cons are 69.99 the spare part is 7.99 bloody hell i didn't realize how that much i thought they were like Wow, dude. They're full of shit. It's incredible. Especially the right one, which is the one that I'm trying to fix. There's a camera in there. There's RFID stuff in there. There's uh, the HD rumble stuff in there. There's motion sensing stuff in there. And it's all crammed into this tiny little bit of plastic. And it's incredible. It's so delicate. And there's so much in there. And it's just beautifully designed. But yeah, getting two levels of circuit board down is a fucking nightmare. Uh, mm. And they sort of, as you take them apart, they don't come apart. They open up like a flower, sort of, with its petals opening. And so you end up with this layer is spread out to the top and then you open up another layer to the right and another layer to the left. And it just goes on. like It's this weird puzzle box of frightening. But people should try it rather than just buying new ones. It's worth a try. If it's already broken, exactly. you know, you're only going to break it more. So it's worth a try for 10% of the price. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's worth a go. And I'm going to have a go at my PS4 controller based on the same thing. Um, yeah. You see, Apple, this is why people aren't buying new phones. We're getting brave with stuff and iFixit sell toolkits. That's that's the way forward. So, yeah, that's me, basically. Um, Hitman and Yakuza. I think I might play some more Hitman in a bit, actually. Yeah, same, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those games that, I mean, it's got that really nice thing of you can just, it will suck away your time in, in kind of a beautiful way in that you're just like, oh, I'll just play for half hour. I just want to go and fiddle with this or try this. And then you look up and four hours later, yeah. you're, you're still playing it. And it feels like it's kind of magic time deleter in that way. I just try um, not to I... look at clocks, really. 
that's, yeah <laughs> that's that's what i do so well that's that's us this week everybody thank you for listening i hope you had a good time and found our show informative and entertaining and i hope you feel inspired enough to go and support our network by visiting patreon.com slash simply syndicated and getting our uh, podcast feed that we run on there well just supporting us really i mean whatever you want to do but we do have a podcast feed on there of ad free versions of all the shows that we put out throughout the week including this one uh a few people have signed up already thank you to those people we could do with a few hundred more if that would be all right so uh you know just you wait on over there patreon.com slash simply syndicated uh it's just the first of many new things to come i'm working on a new website uh the 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 theming i'm going with is retro future yes the the project name is simply syndicated 2099 that might cool. it might look awful yet don't don't worry it might be i have an idea that i'm gonna do and it's well whatever but thank you to everybody who supports us thank you to everyone who's rushing over there now and getting that ad free podcast feed don't forget to check out our other shows that we make on simply syndicated.com like the greatest show in the galaxy that has emma talking about doctor who with mike but not mike from this show a different it's the other mike. one yeah i occasionally let you talk yes yeah he, he might have a point. You never know. It's, Don't listen. It's good to let him in. We also have no. Shaken Not Stirred, with, which is about James Bond films. We've just put out the Honor Majesty's Secret Service episode. We just recorded a new episode of it last night, which is incredible. This has been the longest running, slowest podcast in the history of podcasts. We realized we started in 2013, mm. talking about 20 movies or about that and we're still going so there's a chance they might release another one in between now and when you make Emma, they've released two since we started <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you skyfall and specter have both been released since we started this show mm. uh, so it's taken us a while but we're getting there and if you're only just coming to it that's fine that's it doesn't matter it's it's all good um so we've just put out one of those and a remote patrol oh boy with me and scott which is quantum leap and i'm trying to think of new ideas for shows as well oh movie quiz that's up and running i'm still going to do youtube videos for that one as well i have an idea don't worry oh shut up rich right thank you for listening everybody we'll be back next week with more gaming news until then bye bye